has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. If you want to listen to some good gaga about the wrestling business, you've got to listen to Perched on the Top Rope with Lee. I listen to it every day and night, even when I'm on the loo. See ya, folks. Bushwhackaloop. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am your host, former dirt sheet writer, and sitting alongside me here at the Hasbro Bar is the returning Eldorable one. And I don't mean returning in the sense of returning to the show. Lee, I've returned to the Hasbro bar. It's been a minute since we've done a show behind the bar together. It's very, very nostalgic right now, wouldn't you say? It is uh, very uh, retro, as we would say, over on Perched on the Top Shelf when it comes to the WWE retro line that you can catch on Wednesdays. Uh, Or as uh, Michael Cole would say, uh, vintage Vintage Alex Todd and Lee Walker. It's vintage Alex Todd and Lee Walker today. We're not joined by Justin. He's got some mandated overtime. Unfortunately. Yeah, you know, it's funny we say vintage, even though literally the it was only just a few years ago, maybe a year or two ago, that we did every single show behind this bar. We did them live. We did all sorts of weird taping, this and that. We used to huddle around a laptop. And it's weird. We we went from that to doing our, our shows over video. We added Justin in, who lives in Albany. So we really had no choice. But we're we're back here. We're doing it live together. It's it's a crazy time. Hell yeah! Now we know about the match with Shinsuke Nakamura and Great Muda uh, on the first, mm-hmm. of course. But last night, that like forbidden door news came up again. As it was announced that Dragon Lee has signed with WWE. Yeah, absolutely. And what's what's crazy about it is Dragon Lee and uh, Dralistico had just won the AAA Tag Team Championships from FTR, uh, Dax Harwood, um, Cash Wheeler. They had just won the titles from them, so that that wouldn't be the like your first thought. You know, you just saw the two men win these tag titles in another company that's not WWE. This man is currently now one of their title holders. And what's one of the first things he says as soon as he picks up a microphone after winning the titles is that I'm heading to WWE. And, you know, we didn't know what to make of it at first last night. We reported the news. We didn't know much behind it. But then seemingly on Twitter today, both Shawn Michaels and Triple H have confirmed that, yes, Dragon Lee is going to be heading to WWE. And more specifically, Dragon Lee is going to be heading to NXT. Yeah, he's been considered uh, a big NXT signing, and Fightful had announced that WWE actually had cameras at the AAA show. They were there filming, actually, uh, which is quite interesting. Uh, AAA was aware that he did sign, um, and those in AEW were kind of caught off guard. He didn't have a contract with AEW. And that's when apparently WWE had interest in Dragon Lee when they saw him on AEW. And him not having a deal with AEW, uh-huh. well, if AEW wanted him, they uh, they, they, dropped, have... they dropped the ball on this one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was one of the biggest things is that you saw that 
he was on another television show recently, another national-wide television show, and they didn't sign him. So WWE is going to strike when the iron's hot. I, I touted this as an incredible signing by Triple H. I think this is also another big sign that, unlike towards the end of Vince, the Vince McMahon regime, when it was noted that they were going to start shying away from signing indie talent and go more for the, the NIL product that they're going with with the college athletes, I, I think we're now seeing now that Triple H is in charge that we're kind of going to get a hybrid of both, which is what we expected and what we thought was going to happen originally. But it's it's good to see that when it comes to Hunter, where there's talent, there's talent, and he's going to try and sign talent where there is talent. And Dragon Lee's an incredible signing. I think this was an awesome signing on Triple H's part. Yeah, and you know, speaking of Triple A, he and his brother had won the championships mm-hmm. from FTR, as you had said. Yep. Now, um, my understanding is he pushed for his brother to to also be part of WWE, but they passed on him for now. But also what I find interesting is AAA is going to be all over the news because FTR is reportedly finished with AAA, which is why they dropped the Tag Team Championships. Now, they've also dropped the Ring of Honor Championships recently to the Briscoes. So, here's some more news for you fans. It's uh, been made recently known in a Fightful interview with Dax Hardwood that he believes that their contracts with AEW are up in the spring and they are currently considering wrestling off national television for a while. Which could mean Indies, AAA in Mexico again, maybe re- you know New Japan Pro Wrestling full-time. Uh, could, that could mean a number of things. Going hardcore on the indie scene. Right. I, I think that one of two things are going to happen. So realistically, I don't think FTR is going to re-sign with AEW. And I don't think they're going to re-sign with AEW because I, I don't think their booking has been that great in AEW. Their booking has been great recently, but that's not really all in full due to AEW. A lot of it has to do with New Japan Pro Wrestling, AAA. You could argue that you know them holding the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships was an AEW move, considering that AEW owns the product now. But... They're, they were mishandled with their AEW tag team title run. They have been very sparse on television over probably, I'd say, the last six months. They'll they'll show up, they'll be in multi-man tag team matches with almost no build. It's usually them running in to save somebody, and, and then they'll disappear for weeks. And I just, I don't know what they would do to fix the not piss poor booking because they have still been treated like major stars when they have shown up but like the booking of them in AEW as a whole Justin told me the other day that he thinks that it would be a disservice to FTR for them to re-sign with WWE but I am fully in the opinion that now that Triple H is at the helm I think we're going to see FTR, formerly known as The Revival, make a comeback to WWE. I don't know that it's going to happen immediately when their contracts run out because I know that they both have a yearning to actually wrestle on like the local indies for a while after their contracts are running up. They've they've both talked about it publicly. They they said it's something about being able to wrestle with some of these, you know, hometown guys and be able to elevate them and 
just kind of take somewhat of a break away from the limelight of, you know, big national television like AEW and WWE, even New Japan, I would say. So I think they're going to do a little bit of both. I think you're going to see their contracts run up in AEW. I think you're going to see them tour the indies for a while without contracts, maybe throughout the summer of next year. And I'm going to say about next fall, I think you're going to see them return to Stanford. I mean, realistically, I would I I thought New Japan, but you know, WWE is really rebuilding their tag team division. I mean, they've had the Usos dominating anyone who's come in contact with them. You know, we've seen in NXT pretty deadly get elevated to NXT tag team champions. Right, they're even considered for a main roster debut soon. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, the New Day are now the NXT champions. You have the Usos holding both, but also at the same time, they're they're building, you know, tag teams again. They're rebuilding the Viking Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have the Street Profits who are fantastic in the ring. Just recently returned too, within the past month. Yeah, you know, and and obviously I'm only listing a few tag teams here, but there's there's plenty of tag teams in WWE yeah, right now absolutely. that are. You know, the brawling brutes are on fire. Yeah, uh, you know they're absolutely teams making headlines and, and head waves. And I would just like to see uh, the tag team division in both companies thrive. But well, I, I think that they, I think not to interrupt you, that they have a good few, a few good, really good storylines where they could throw FTR or the revival, whichever name they go with, into the mix too. Because if both the Usos. And the New Day retain their respective titles going into whenever FTR return. You've got the Usos saying that they're the best tag team in the world, which many, many people would give that right to FTR right now with the the matches and the effort they put in since they left the company. But also you've got the New Day, who is, you know, currently one of three teams to be triple crown tag team champions in WWE. The other two being American Alpha or not American Alpha, who was it? It was, uh... Shit, I can't remember who it was now. I thought it was American Alpha, but then I just realized that they never held the Raw Tag Team titles. There's three teams. I can't think of who the the other one is right now, but the other two are The New Day and FTR. So you could also throw them in there and have them feud with The New Day over the NXT Tag Team Championships, give them a solid run in NXT if the Usos are still doing something on the main roster, then have them go up. There, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of possibilities there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd like to see FTR. I, I I agree with you that their AEW run was pretty blah. Yeah. You know. Oh, the other the other team's the Street Profits. There we go. There Sorry we go. about that. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, just seeing FTR drop, you know, two titles back to back. It's kind of disheartening, but you know now knowing that there's contracts coming up, mm-hmm. now you can kind of understand why. A little bit of a head scratcher. You kind of got to start thinking about what's going to go on. There's a lot of possibilities with and, the team. And, and speaking of contracts, uh, Brian Myers has re-signed with Impact Wrestling. Smart move. Smart move. I think that Impact Wrestling is the only company that has ever really treated him with the respect as a performer that he deserves. Yeah, he got he got a spotlight back in like '07 when he was part of the Adchads with La Familia, and that was a really good run. Um, their their small reuniting of the major players or whatever you want to call their team when it was in WWE, 
was nice. That was a really cool moment at WrestleMania 35 when they won the tag team titles, beating the aforementioned FTR slash Revival for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Um, so that that was kind of cool, but I feel like he never really got the rub that he deserved in WWE because if you pay attention to his matches in Impact Wrestling, the, the man's great. He, he's one of the better wrestlers out there. Um, I also would like to think that with Brian Myers re-signing with Impact, I don't think that these rumors of Matt Cardona returning to WWE are going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, oh, that's a good one to talk about because... Brian can still continue doing the podcast and everything like that. My question is if WWE and Matt Cardona work together again, what sort of role will WWE want with what they're doing? Because, I mean, they have a toy line and everything. You know what I mean? Like Cardona's not going to give that up you know, just to like return. There's too I, much on the table. Th- yeah, you know. But I also heard that... Uh, you know, with WWE bringing back Chelsea Green, a reason for them to want to bring back Cardona is the possibility of them having a reality show. Which, I mean, that that is possible. And I think Chelsea Green returning to WWE is almost all but confirmed at this point. Yeah, it seems that way. And um, I just, I don't know. I don't see Cardona returning anytime soon. I think he's going to return one day before his career is done. You know, almost almost everybody does. Lana said it recently and got Miro in hot water with AEW because of it, that almost everybody returns to WWE. But I think with Myers re-signing and with the podcast, the toy line, I think their business-wise is too much at stake right now for Matt Cardona to be under a major contract where he has no control over when he's able to do those things, if he's able to do those things, and how he's going to go about doing it. I think the freedom of... And let's let's remember, he's a free agent. He's not signed to Impact Wrestling. He hasn't had a contract to Impact Wrestling. He's been a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. And I think that's what's best for him right now with what he's got going on. I think a lot of the him joking around and throwing out these memes and pictures of him from WWE and making comments, it's the Matt Cardona that we now know ever since he left WWE. He fucks with the fans. He fucks with the internet. He trolls everybody. Yeah. I, I don't see him going back to WWE anytime soon. But while we're talking about these three, let's touch on the t- the Chelsea Green thing for a second. Let's talk about her returning to WWE. I thought of something really cool this past week. So as we all know, uh, Justin and I talked about this on the show two weeks ago. Everybody's heard by now. Mandy Rose obviously got released from WWE for her edgy content or whatever that she was putting out on the internet. This past week on NXT, we saw a vignette, a promo from Toxic Attraction. They were sitting in the Toxic Attraction lounge, sitting on the couch that they always did all their promos on, and they were talking about getting payback on Roxanne Perez for tearing apart everything that they worked so hard to build up, showing vignettes which, coincidentally, they kept Mandy Rose out of. But throughout this entire promo and everybody picked up on this the spot on the couch the middle spot that mandy rose usually sits in was empty i feel like if they were going to just go with the two of them they probably would have wanted a closer together like more like close-up shot a lot of people are speculating that we're going to see a replacement a new leader of toxic attraction what a better fit would chelsea b green be if she was able to tie in some of that uh 
you know, the twisted character that she used to have. It was like, I don't even remember what it was, like the twisted bride thing that she didn't impact the yep. first time. I think if you tie just a little bit of that in to, like, her actual real-life kind of bitchy persona that she portrays on TV, not in real life, if you're listening, Chelsea, I think that could make a perfect fit for her to be a new leader of Toxic Attraction. Thoughts? I like it. I like it a lot because, like, when you look at the women in NXT now, I don't really see anyone that could fit that spot but one person, and it's going to shock you who I'm going to say, and it's only because she is freshly new, new. Mm-hmm. I'm talking The Rock's daughter. Okay, yeah. Like, she's already kind of shown. She can she can speak on the mic. Like, she, she can talk. Oh, for sure. So, like... And she did the mop hair with yep. the red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, I think the only thing that holds her back there is the fact that she's already in a stable. Yeah, well, and that's where I was going to go is the fact, but, you know, she's with Joe Gacy and them, so, like, that, that right. defeats the purpose there of me even bringing it up. But she was the one that I would see that could probably be a good fit, but they probably, you know, want somebody who's got experience and has a name and not somebody new. Right, and she's also got kind of the same look as the other two do. Not exactly, but she fits that look that Toxic Attraction was going for. And let's be honest, the NXT fan base is probably going to remember Chelsea Green a little more fonder than the Monday Night Raw or the Friday Night SmackDown fan base. I don't think, like, for example, Mia Yim. Everybody in NXT knew Mia Yim. Everybody in Impact knew Mia Yim. She did not get the loudest reaction when she returned to Monday Night Raw. The, the smart fans at home, the hardcore fans watching online, they freaked out because she returned. But a lot of the casual fans at Monday Night Raw didn't give her much of a reaction because I don't know that a lot of people necessarily remembered her, and there's no disrespect intended there. You, We live in an age in WWE now where a lot of the casual fan base finds out about the indie wrestlers that sign from watching them in NXT first. They don't watch a lot outside of the company. So I think if you really want Chelsea Green to have an impact on the main roster, I think she should return to NXT first, take the spot in Toxic Attraction. They build that back up right around until maybe post-WrestleMania because it doesn't need a lot of time. NXT knows who Chelsea Green is. That gives them maybe another four or five months to get them built back up real quick, considering that if Chelsea Green returns soon. And then you can throw them onto the main roster next summer, and they'd have a better impact than just showing up next Monday. I got an odd question for you. Sure. Why is it that Lex Luger had screws and bolts in his wrist, and when he would do his forearm finishing move, when uh, he was the narcissist, Mm -hmm. why was it considered so lethal? But Chelsea Green... (laughs) I know where you're going with this. Chelsea Green has screws in hers, and she breaks the damn thing twice. <laughs> Listen, man, the Golden Era was a different time in I had pro to. wrestling. I had to. You, you got to realize the Golden Era was an era in wrestling where these guys were supposed to be portrayed as superheroes, so you could do whatever the fuck you wanted with them, and you, like the fans are going to buy it no matter what. You, you had guys in there wrestling like a clown, like a like an undertaker, if you will. You had guys dressed up as Mad Max men competing for tag team titles. You had this all American who turned out to be incredibly racist, really weird. Um, 
You got a, you had a guy running around with scissors, a board. Like, look, look at these Hasbro figures behind you. Look at all of these different types. We had an Elvis impersonator. Um, you know, you actually talked about that with Kevin Nash on the in- interview that you did with him, which we will be dropping the full interview uh, earlier today, actually, once this goes up, of you talking about that. And, you know, we Kevin was talking about, you know, how he was going to get over with these certain type of impersonator characters. And you looked at him and you go, well, I mean, Honky Tonk Man did it. He was an Elvis impersonator. Yeah. But I, my point being, though, is you had all these guys from the Golden Era they were basically superheroes. They could do whatever the fuck they wanted and they would get over with the crowd because Vince McMahon said so. We kind of live in an era now where the, the fans are a little bit smarter. They've kind of seen all the superhero stuff. They're they're kind of over it. And I think now if you had Chelsea Green knock out every single person with that cast, I think the fans would eventually say, hey man, this is bullshit. <laughs> and yeah. also she's just unlucky and keeps breaking her hand. Yeah, yeah. You know, also speaking of WWE and, you know, you're bringing up, like, all these legends that are behind us from the Hasbro bar. Oh, yes. Uh, which, by the way, you guys can watch on YouTube on, on Wednesdays for the Perched on the Top Shelf. Or I will be in one of my figure collecting rooms. But uh, Tatanka, on his uh, personal Facebook, announced that he will be part of WWE Raw, the 30th anniversary show. Hell yeah. Which I always is, love when Tatanka comes back. Which is uh, January... i got to look the date up now. Do, 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 do. It's the 16th or the 23rd. I can't remember. It's one of those two dates. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But um, he's announced for the 30th anniversary... Uh, which I love because he's like one of the few remaining legends from like the golden era when I watched as a kid that returns. Now you're starting to see some more of the later attitude, ruthless aggression era guys mm-hmm. as the legends, which in all retrospect, that has been 20 years. Right, and, and sadly, Plus, sadly we have lost a lot of the legends from the Golden Era due to, you know, older age, health reasons. You know, there's there's not a whole lot of them left. Tonka is one of those last outlaws that, you know, still kind of hanging around. And you know what? You know what one of my favorite things about Tatanka is, is no matter how many times he keeps coming back, no matter how many years it has been, that man can always go when called upon. You, you had Tatanka go in and do a spot during this Monday Night Raw episode that's about to happen? He'll kill it. I guarantee it. That man, I don't know what Tatanka is built out of, but he does not age. Speaking of that, you can go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope on Friday, today, later on, and you can watch a small clip of our personal friend who's also been on Perched on the Top Rope, uh, independent wrestling name was Tommy Zombie. Mm-hmm. We know him as Chris Sikor. We have a small clip of actually him wrestling Tatanka that we're going to have on YouTube again. It's youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. Not to mention that we also have interviews with you interviewing Tatanka on our YouTube page as well. It's youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. So make sure you go and check them out because there's all sorts of clips with Tatanka 
talking about his career, action figures. Talked about The Miz, Bobby Lashley. Talking about his his, his second WWE run. Mm-hmm. A lot of great stuff for you fans in those interviews. So make sure you go and you check them out. You know, uh, those anniversary shows are always great to watch. Um, we don't have the 24-7 championship, though, for this one, so we're not going to see any Legends win that like we did on one of the last Darn. shows that they had Legends with. What a shame. Uh, I'm a little upset by it because like, it, it gave purpose for some of the people on the roster for things to do. Well, and they used to do that during some of the throwback shows with the hardcore title, too. Yeah, you know, and like... My opinion, like, it gave Dana Brooke a good push, I thought. Yeah. It gave R-Truth a good push, I thought. Not that he needed really a push, but it was more or less one of those. It, it gave him segment after segment on the show, and it was kind of their way of giving back to R-Truth, who has put in so many years into this business and helped so many guys. R-Truth, if you end up hearing this, by the way, still wishing you a speedy recovery. Hope you're healing up soon. I mean, hell, I remember him as... K-Quick. Oh, yes, that's what, that's what I grew up on was him as K-Quick. Back in, uh, like, 99, 2000, 2001. Oh, yeah. Watching him on uh, WWF, like, Velocity and stuff like that. And he was a uh, short-time tag team partner with uh, Road Dog before the departure, and then he went to TNA, where he became the first African-American to win the NWA 10 pounds of gold. Yep, reunited with Road Dog and TNA, joined by Conan as well. They became the three live crew. Yep, and he um, he did a table of three with uh, Curtis Axel, who is Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning's son. Mm-hmm. And uh, on that episode, he has a photo of Kurt, his dad, wrestling R-Truth and showed it to, to R-Truth, which I thought was like just really, really cool that he's been around that long, you know, now where he's wrestling the second gen stars yeah, and stuff like that. Both his father and his son. You know, which is pretty cool. I think you're seeing that with a lot of these Attitude Era guys too, because think about it, you've also got a guy like John Cena, well we're gonna talk about this right here in a minute. John Cena who's returning later tonight on Friday night SmackDown to team up with Kevin Owens and face Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. You've now got John Cena who's been in the ring with the Usos but was also in the ring with Rikishi earlier on as you're you're seeing a lot of these um you know early ruthless aggression era late mid to late attitude era stars who've now worked with both the parents and the children of yeah. certain WWE superstars which is that's always really cool for me to watch because it's kind of like a nostalgia but not nostalgia at the same time it's a little bit of the old a little bit of the new I want to say this is the match that sets up uh, Sami Zayn getting booted out I of totally the bloodline. I think, and I think it's Roman that actually takes the pinfall on this. And, and I'm only going to say that because I don't think he would be as upset if it was Sami that takes the pinfall. You know what I mean? He's still going to be mad if Sami's the one who takes the pinfall. But if Sami's the reason that he takes the pinfall... I feel like that would be a, a bigger reason to like punish him. Like, hey, I'm Roman Reigns. I haven't been pinned in X amount of years. Why am I losing on... I, I shouldn't lose on TV. I shouldn't lose at all. Exactly. you got you got to be thinking. Roman Reigns, his last pinfall defeat was over three years ago. It was uh, late 2019. When he was still a babyface, when he was still in the big dog gimmick, he has not been pinned since late 2019, and the last person to pin him was Baron Corbin. 
Yeah. So you you've got this entirely new overhauled character. He's had an absolute stranglehold on both top world championships and both flagship shows of WWE for three years now. Well, really two and a half because he took some time off with the pandemic. But he hasn't been pinned in three years, and if Sami Zayn is the reason that he gets pinned and that streak ends, he's going to go ballistic. Yeah, and I think that them doing it this way would actually be a, a good a good idea because, one, with uh, starting to take Sami out of the equation with the bloodline, but, two, it's also saying that, hey... You know, even though he's the champion like they used to do, you can still be a champion and lose a match and be pinned. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we used to see that all the time. I feel like this is going to be one of those moments. You know, like I'm the champion, I'm not supposed to get pinned. Blah blah blah, yada yada. We know how all the you know how all those promos work after, and you know mm-hmm. how upset they get. This would be the time to actually have him lose. Well, because it'll mean something, too. Think about it. All, all too many times we talk about the back-and-forth booking of superstars. This uh, superstar gets pinned this week, and then the opposite person, they have a rematch, and the opposite person gets pinned the next week. We talk about quite frequently how both superstars in a feud, or one of them in particular getting pinned too many times, it diminishes the wins and losses, specifically in WWE. This is why it matters right here. You build up Roman to not be pinned for three years. You know the moment that he gets pinned, it is absolutely going to be the beginning of an avalanche of effects. Yeah. And with this, I think it, one, I think him being pinned initiates the beginning of Sami Zayn getting kicked out of the bloodline, but I think it also kickstarts his program to WrestleMania, which, if we are to believe is correct, is a head-on collision for the Universal Championship with the rock and the reason i just say the universal championship is because it's also been reported in this past week that it's almost guaranteed at this point that the world titles are going to be split up by the time wrestlemania comes around which could also tie into this whole Sami Zayn making roman get pinned that way you know him losing one of the titles is a little more believable you start having certain members of the bloodline either be unfaithful or start getting taken out the rumor is that Roman Reigns is going to be facing The Rock for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania and that the WWE Championship match is either going to be a rematch of Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes or a possible triple threat match of Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, and Drew McIntyre. I'm down with the triple threat match. I I love Rollins-Rhodes. I think that they could do one more match, but I think if you do it at WrestleMania, I think you got to end it there, and I don't want to see their feud end. So I think if you throw this into, like, a triple threat, I think Drew being intertwined in there also creates this new thing that's a little more fresh. It's not the same thing that they were doing when Cody Rhodes got injured. And Drew's actually a perfect person to throw in there because a lot of people forget, obviously, Cody's got beef with Seth. Seth is the one that quote-unquote injured him and took him out. But Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes are also former tag team champions in WWE. A fact that's quite honestly forgotten by many. I believe it was 2009-2010 they were the WWE tag team champions. So you've got a little history between them there too. There's obviously history between Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins from back when Drew McIntyre was WWE champion. So I think that's a good WWE championship to match to go with if they are going to split the titles up. And that stops Roman from having to wrestle in the main event of both shows. 
Yeah, and I, I'm okay with the splitting up of the championships, but also, Fox and USA, stop being crybaby piss pants. Yeah, stop complaining because you don't have a world champion on your show. Triple H has shown that even without world champions, you can book a show correctly, something that Vince McMahon sometimes couldn't do when, you know, Brock Lesnar would disappear for seven or eight months with the title. Yeah. But we've we've done such a good job in the past six months now of rebuilding the United States Championship and the Intercontinental Championships that people are actually dying to see those matches now. Gunther is in high demand right now when it comes to Intercontinental title matches. They just had a banger of a five-man ladder match at a live event for crying out loud in Madison Square Garden. The people are raving about and that one wasn't even on TV. You've got Austin Theory being rebuilt with the U.S. title, and you've got uh, a story with Bobby Lashley wanting his championship back, but also being intertwined with uh, authority representative Adam Pierce, And that's actually been pretty entertaining as well. So you've got solid stories behind your mic card titles now. The one thing I'm going to say about this is if we are splitting up the world titles, obviously those are going to be priority, though. Put your damn mid-card titles on the WrestleMania card this year. Yeah, they got to be. I mean, it's two nights. There's there's no way they don't have all of that on there. It'd no, not in a Triple H ran WWE. It can't happen. Um, yeah, man, you brought up a lot of good stuff there, too, that I was like, you got me really excited because those are... He's doing a great job, Gunther, especially considering the fact that they want to have him face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. That's the hot rumor there. I will shit myself. That will probably be match of both nights if that happens. Brock Lesnar becomes new Intercontinental Champion. Can you imagine? You know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny is that Justin and I a couple weeks ago, this was during your time off, we were we were talking about the mid card champions and whatnot. And somehow the idea before any of this started floating around, the idea got brought up, me being sarcastic, of saying that Brock Lesnar would face Gunther and he may become the Intercontinental Champion don't remember how it happened but justin was so adamant that that would never be possible brock's got no reason to do it like none of it would make sense and here we are talking about gunther versus brock lesnar at wrestlemania and knowing brock he's not going to do that match without a title being on the line because more titles mean more money yeah and i mean i'm shocked that we've seen brock have non-title matches as is you know what i mean so it's an it's a it's a title he's also I'm pretty sure never held anyway. So um, he has never held any titles that aren't world titles in WWE. Yeah, so there we go. The only championships he's ever held in WWE are world championships, unless you count the Money in the Bank briefcase, which I don't. Yeah, uh, and yeah, his Money in the Briefcase thing though was pretty funny when he held it. Oh, the boombox. Yeah. yeah, the I, Beast in the Box. I should uh. Or the Beast in the Bank. I should. They should have made one of those like that to sell, because I would have bought one. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if you remember, the RVD cases sold well back in the day. The Edge cases that they did, those sold well. Even when CM Punk originally won the first Money in the Bank ladder match that he won. Those custom briefcases always do so well. Yeah. I mean, they look great. The RVD one was easily the best. Oh, yeah. Not even his, close. His with his ring gear, dude, it was yeah. freaking awesome. Not even close. No. But, uh... I gotta see if I can still do this part. It's it's been a while. Oh, okay. Let's 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 try this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow us and like, subscribe. Make sure you comment too. Go to YouTube.com/slash Perched on the Top Rope. We just hit over 500 subscribers. We've been going at it for two years. 
we know you guys like interviews and things like that when we put them on this podcast. But go to the YouTube channel, check them out, and you can actually watch the interviews. There's other fun stuff on there, like me getting chopped by Greg the Hammer Valentine. And there's vlogs with Justin and I going to wrestling events from AEW to Impact Wrestling. There's going to be other ones, including WWE WrestleMania this year in Hollywood. Not to mention the tortilla challenge you just threw up on Oh, yeah. Page. And there's also the family tortilla challenge uh, where you have water in your mouth and do rock, paper, scissors, and whoever spits water out loses and uh, that was rather entertaining so you can watch lee and his sister absolutely destroy each other so so make sure you check that out uh you can go to facebook.com slash perched on the top rope instagram perched on the top rope podcast you can go to twitter at perched top rope you can go to uh twitch at twitch.tv slash perched on the top rope you can check out our tiktok at tiktok uh what is it it's perched on the top rope when you check that one out there is all sorts of Selena scenes. There is also a bunch of figure-related stuff, unboxing videos. And if none of that tickles your fancy, then uh, the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan is getting humped by a dog on our TikTok. So go check it out. It is TikTok perched on the top rope. You're never going to stop talking about that one, are you? No, never. I will never stop talking about that one. I think it is the best thing that we have to offer better better than our podcast literally better than our youtube channel as a whole better than any of our social media it's the video of kevin sullivan getting it's just by a kevin dog. sullivan getting humped by a dog is like the best thing in the world for, no for whatever no that's all you guys get from that's, us we're not that, better than that nope that's all you get we we are no better than dog humping <laughs> oh, man, so ladies so ladies and gentlemen with that being said you can always check out the podcast Anywhere from Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, you name it, it's there, perched on the top rope. We just hit Italy's top 250 on Chartable. We debuted at 19. We're also on Ireland currently. We jumped up like, we were in like the top 50 I saw recently Mm -hmm. again. Uh, That makes, I believe, the eighth and ninth country that we've hit on Chartable. So thank you for continuously listening to us. And ladies and gentlemen, always remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out.